Talking about what's new with Los Angeles Clippers There's always so much to discuss Let's jump right in It's LA Clips Forum It's LA Clips Forum With Jesse and Brian Welcome to the LA Clips Forum My name is Brian Andrew I am here with my rotten soldier Jesse Sandoval, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man, how are you? Doing alright, I wasn't sure if I used rotten soldier last week uh i don't recall but i was looking forward to whatever you're gonna call me yeah. to be honest it's a you know i just steal things from other i'm not funny i just steal things from funny people uh we're here with two wonderful guests first from rob safe sports robert yamagata how you doing sir what's up guys what's up good to be on what's up, man? uh jake I don't even need to give you an intro anymore. You've been on so much. Like everyone knows who, what you, who you are and what you do. Yeah. What up? It's uh <clears throat> super hot in California, so it's nice to be indoors and doing the pod. Happy Labor Day to everybody that works hard. Well, if I don't work hard, no, no Happy Labor Day for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in a fancy football league together. We were all in the same league, and then I decided we'll just all stay on the same Zoom that we were all in and just do the clips for him uh you know that's that's pulling the curtain a little bit last week i said uh breaking the fourth wall and damo puts it on twitter like you can only break the fourth wall if it's a video uh but yeah uh so this is kind of you know we have a patreon coming out you know we're gonna do uh sports diaries on there we're gonna do nba rivals for him and i feel like this episode is gonna be a lot of combining the podcast we're gonna be doing in late september uh, by the way, I do have a date for that Patreon, and I f- should have been more prepared. Uh, I think we're going to drop it on the 23rd. So that's a few days before Media Day, I believe. And yeah, and then so on the Patreon, we, we'll have NBA Rivals Forum, which is another podcast we're going to do. And we're going to do Sports Diaries, which is just us just, you know, talking about sports in general. Uh, so I feel like this podcast will be a little bit mixture of all that. Uh we were all in a fancy football draft. I want to go around the room and ask everybody how they feel about their drafts. You don't have to go into too much detail, but Robert, how do you feel about yours? I mean, considering about the, the other fantasy football league I was in where I just shit on like the first two picks, I'm feeling pretty good about this one because I was actually here for the whole thing. So I right. feel pretty good. Wonderful. Jake. I feel pretty ass. Um, <laughs> I got Jonathan Taylor, which is nice. So he's going to have to carry me through the whole season. But if he gets hurt, it's pretty much curtains for my whole team. Um, <laughs> at one point, we were picking dudes that I was like, bro, what is this? Like, who are these guys? <laughs> but um, hopefully Cam Akers can stay healthy. And Amari Cooper is not bad. No, oh, that's with, good. like a backup throwing to him. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure the Browns feel the same way about Amari yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, uh, man, I don't know. This one's gonna be pretty rough. I wasn't, I was pretty much dead last in the draft, so there wasn't really much. The running back was, oh, the running back position was pretty thin this year. It, it it's very thin. Yeah, I'm not. I don't hate mine. I don't love mine. It is what it is. I'll see what happens in week one. Uh, speaking of, I don't know. <laughs> that was a. I would, 
that segue was gonna suck. And so I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> that, was, that was a half. That was a good segue, but I don't don't know where it was gonna go. But <laughs> yeah, I was like speaking of, and I was like I was trying to figure <laughs> out in the NBA. So the Clippers are obviously in the Western Conference, you know. So when things happen in the Western Conference, I feel like we need to discuss it a little bit, even if it doesn't necessarily directly affect the Clippers. Even though I do feel like this one does because. Donovan Mitchell was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. What the Jazz got back was Con Sexton, three unprotected picks, and Lori Lori Markinen and Ochai Ochai Akabaji from Kansas. This is, this is why you're on the pod, Rob. I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, we all thought Mitchell was going to go to the Knicks. That didn't happen. Uh, so I think the first thing we need to discuss is as owner of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I just dropped something, my bad. <laughs> as owner of the Utah Jazz, why would Terrence Mann trade Donovan Mitchell to the Cleveland Cavaliers? Uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. the, the silence was like yeah, maybe, maybe 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 my joke didn't hit all right it, it just it feels so sweet knowing that the, that whole franchise just crumbled after that whole after that series that the utah jazz basically is now in rebuild mode for probably the next 10 years or so because a player who on our team is going to struggle for minutes this year <laughs> let him up for 30-plus points in game six. <laughs> yeah, who knew the 48th pick and the 2019 NBA draft would destroy an entire franchise? You just – you really hate to see it, honestly, you know? Yeah. But obviously with the with Rudy Gobert being traded, I think, last month or, like, in July, mm-hmm. I think we kind of knew that at some point, like Mitchell was going to get traded somewhere, but I definitely didn't didn't think he would go to the Cavs. I think that was a surprise to a lot of people. Yeah, Jake, what are your thoughts? I, th- I think this is good for Utah. I think Utah needed this, especially get out of the money out of Gobert. Like I think it just works out for them in every single way. They got what eleven picks in the next seven years, something like that. Yeah, that's bro. That's like the best you can ask for. Go build your team from scratch. Go build it with a wing, and. Um, they got out of fifty million dollars with Rudy Gobert. I think that's like win-win situation. And they're yeah. not, Utah, like even their last rebuild, they weren't really bad. If that makes any sense, yeah. they were they they were like kind of struggling, but they weren't a bad team. They were always competitive. So I kind of feel like they're going for the same thing. At this point, it don't matter. They got eleven picks in the next seven. They're like, you know, run it. So how far into the season do you think they're going to start tanking? I don't uh, think they are at all. I think they're actually going to play to win whatever they can win, which if they suck, then they suck, you know, but I think they're playing to win. So if they, if they're good enough to just win 25 games, then they'll play, you know, to win. So if we think they're going to compete, you you don't think they'll offload some of the vets they have on there? I I do think they're going to offload the vets and yeah, they're going to play the young guys. They had to sign um, Sexton to, what was it to like reach the cap floor? Right, but they're they signed him to like seventy two million dollars. I think it was like to hit the cap floor, so it's it's smart of them because if he comes back healthy and he's good, then like, you know, they can probably you know hi, like flip him for higher or whatever, and he can go to a better team and you know do that. But I, I, overall, I think like they're actually going to compete and take some games from teams that are like taking the night off. 
Mm. No, I, I mm. hope so, because I do not want to see Lakers try and make a play for Mike Conley, which would be stupid, but I just don't want to see. I mean, give me all that. If the Lakers want Mike Conley, by all means, take him. I just, I just feel like, you, Brian, we had this conversation earlier. It feels like every time Lakers always sometimes always have something go right for them. And I just yeah. don't want them to make a trade with the Utah Jazz that goes right for them, you know? And I get it. I don't want anyone bailing them out of the Russell Westbrook situation. Exactly. But Mike Conley is straight up trash at this point in his career. <laughs> <laughs> so if they brought in Mike Conley and then uh, – Bogey was Bogey part of the deal, the 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 deal that they're saying Clarkson. Like if they Clark. got Clarkson, then I'd be a little bit like, man, that sucks. Why do and like? But I think also <laughs> Bogdanovich too as well. So I don't know, Robert. It seems like something's on your mind, Robert. No, I'm just because I'm just looking at roster in general for Utah, and like, I don't know who's starting center. You're probably gonna have to start uh, the rookie that they got in the trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, Walker Kessler, but Wait, you talk about you, want, you talk, you talk about wow. you talk about a, a front court with Mike Conley and THT. That sounds terrible. <laughs> well, I think if you offload, maybe you have Colin Sexton, but then if you have Sexton and Conley, that doesn't make any sense either because it's like two guards below six two. So I look at it like this, and if they if they were to bring in Russell Westbrook, they're probably not going to buy him out. They might just let him play out the rest of his contract. Maybe I don't know. I don't know if Russell will take anything less than the full amount. That being so. that being said, I don't think you could convince Colin Sexton and Russell Westbrook to take a year off from competing in the NBA. They're going to try to get that playing spot. My only thing is eventually I feel like the Jazz will have to make the decision for them and say, sorry, you're not playing because we're trying to tank. But I don't know. Maybe Jake's on something that they'll try to compete even if they suck. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like they're trying to make the playoffs. They're just trying to win however much they can win. Like Because to them, it's like, well, we got so many picks that, yeah, if we get in the top five, like worst picks, and we get Victor, cool. But, like, they have so many. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, it's so many picks throughout, like, seven years i don't know they're not even done who's to say they don't flip clarkson to a contender one another first round mm-hmm. they don't flip bogey to a contender another first round like there's so many guys that like we, they could end up with 14 picks at the end of this well then i think that like the reason why this relates to the clippers is because this takes us a, a team that was in the top six last year takes them totally out of that situation and then maybe it allows us to move in to the top six you know because like, everyone says like we are supposed to which obviously we better move into the top six <laughs> i get that but like technically last year we were not in it right so because i think like one of the conversations we were having at the beginning of the offseason was well if we're going to be in the top six this year then who's not in the top six and we all assumed it was the jazz this officially takes the jazz out of it i think if they do flip Conley, Clarkson, and all them to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook. That does technically make the Lakers a little better. And I am I really hope the Sacramento Kings keep the Lakers from making the play on this year. <laughs> I really need the, <laughs> the Sacramento Kings to take take a step forward. Uh but in terms of another trade, 
you know me and jesse and clayton talked about it last week um uh, pat bev is now on the lakers i haven't heard from rob and jake about this uh so rob what is your uh reaction to pat bev our beloved culture setter now being a culture setter across the hall yeah there, there are always like a few players in the nba that that are guys that you hate to play against but you love to have on your team and i think beverly is the whole antithesis of that you know he's a player that is can be very antagonistic there but they're the people with the teams that they play which is mm-hmm. sometimes entertaining sometimes a detriment at times but he developed pretty good winning culture with the Clippers when he first got there. So I think there's, there's so much, I think, love and respect for Patrick Bravely for his contributions. But at the same time, it's still, it's still a business overall. And I think the Clippers didn't want to pay him the amount which he was asking for, which is, I wonder how much he got for, when he went to Minnesota, was it like ten million a year? I want to say it was roughly, something around there. Yeah, because I believe his contract with us was fourteen, and mm-hmm. I think he signed an extension, which was almost roughly the same. To be honest, I could be wrong. Yeah, about the, yeah, the, I think the number. I feel like he might have been feeling slighted or something, but you know, he got traded to Minnesota, and then he got traded to the Lakers. Which, in my opinion, I'm not. I'm not too mad about it just because it's not like like Montrez where he didn't sign he left as a free agent and then signed with the Lakers as a choice and so it's going to be interesting the these matchups because you know that he's going to come out in firing and who knows if he'll play over 50 games because that's always the question for him he, he makes a 13 million dollars I just checked Okay, uh, Jake, what's up? So Pat remind me of like my friends that I play with, and that if we go against each other, it's just like it's just like nonstop banter. Like, bro, I don't give a shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> go play with the Lakers if you wanted to play with the Timberwolves. Go, like, I don't matter to me. End of the day, you make 13 mil. If you play the 50 games and you stay healthy all season, cool. You contribute to them, you know, making the playoffs, cool. Like. To me, none of it matters. It's just like he was a Clipper. That shit's over now. You know, for all those fans that like cry over about it and stuff. Cool. We were all there. We all experienced him being here. It's over. Like I got over Blake. I've been over Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like, you know, I'm and all I'm saying is like, just get over Pat. Like, obviously, Pat wasn't in the plans for this team moving forward. And it is what it is. Now I'm ready to run fades. Obviously, he's with the Lakers. And people, Rob, I know how you said, like, it's not like Montrez, but it is. Because he went on national TV and was like, I'm trying to play there. Yeah. Like, like, it, like people got to <laughs> stop this. Like, and, and, like, and if we're pretending that players don't have a say in where they get traded, uh, I think we'd be a little naive. They're right? all boys. They're all boys. All these, all players are boys. So they all got their little circles. And Bev is cool with LeBron. Bev has been on record and said LeBron is like a big bro. Bro, he wanted to play with Bron. It's that simple. Cool, go play with Bron. But like, it is what it is. It's, it, it's all good. 
can I, I'm going to say something too. <clears throat> so I've 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 seen this on Twitter and I've heard this before. Where Clipper fans need to be chill, need to chill out about the Pat Bev thing because you know it's just Pat Bev being Pat Bev. When he says weak ass Clippers or f the Clippers, it's just Pat Bev being Pat Bev. And we need to chill. I'm like, no, you know, he doesn't have to be Pat Bev just being Pat Bev, right? I I think like we're allowed to be annoyed by it and be frustrated by it because we all have these rose colored glasses when it comes to Pat, Patrick Beverly. And I feel like maybe I'm going to start repeating myself from like last week's pod, but it, sorry, there's sirens outside and I feel like they're killing my vibe. All right. <laughs> no, no, we can't hear it. Good. Okay. Uh, but when it comes to Patrick Beverly, it's like he wanted the, he wanted the extension or he wanted to work out a deal. We were like, Hey, you know, you did realize, you do realize you played like 39 games this year. And then when, and if let's just say we got eliminated by the Dallas Mavericks, and that was Patrick Beverly's last series as a Clipper. There's no way we would have extended him. The only reason why he probably feels like he should he deserved an extension is because he did play well against Devin Booker and he did play well against um, Donovan Mitchell. But being available for two series, I feel like is the bare is like it's like asking for the bare minimum from him. <laughs> like we we need you for more than that. And you were not worth $14 million worth of keeping you around. So we sent you away because you asked to be sent away if we weren't going to pay you. <laughs> and then you ended up on Minnesota and you're crying because you beat the Clippers. You know, we didn't have half our team available. <laughs> uh, and by half the team, I mean Kawhi. And you're crying, you're saying weak ass clippers after clip, and like and everyone's like, Well, do you remember when Z- he wore the zoo jersey and he came out to support? Okay, cool. He likes zoo. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> you know. My my thing with the whole situation is is like there is pettiness to this. And as a fan, I could feel very petty about it too, if I want to be. Yeah. I don't ha- I don't have to be the bigger person in this situation and be like Oh, you know, Pat Bev's just being Pat Bev. You know, he's the same old guy. It's just, you know, he's on a different team. No, no, he, he like if he if he's gonna be a dick about being on the Lakers, which he will be, <laughs> then I could be a dick as a Clippers fan as well. Yeah. It's fair game. Yeah. It comes with that territory, right? Like you're gonna root for somebody, you're gonna play for somebody, you're gonna get a lot of hate, right? You are on the Lakers, you we're gonna talk shit, you know. Yeah. But thank you for what you did 2018, 2019, but it's done. As Clayton said, move on. And, right? and there were those were fun teams, but we're now trying to be a winning franchise. We're not like we can't just be rooting for the fun teams always. Like, and my stance on this and the trust situation, there's 29 other NBA teams. I'm sure you could find a deal somewhere else if you really wanted it. I'm sure you can work something out with another contender. But you know, you know where you ended up? You ended up with the 10th place Lakers. And hopefully everyone can stay healthy. And then, you know, if they do, congratulations. Uh, We'll have to see how everybody's uh, legs keep up. And we'll have to see how much they're paying their trainers there in L.A. Because that team doctor needs a raise. (laughs) That guy is going to be working overtime. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully hopefully Bev's not training in Tim's again. (laughs) Because I don't think think that's good on the ankles at all but <laughs> no especially in the sand you know where your leg gets caught um 
that that team doctor needs to go to the hr department on the lakers and and be like hey you know what i'm capping my hours at this every week (laughs) you know i you know i need to get paid for this Uh, i need i need to do a time card all that stuff because yeah um i do i do think it's amusing that at the end of the day that the the lakers consistently had packages for NBA superstars or NBA all-stars with uh, Russell Westbrook and THT. And all they got was Patrick Beverly for THD and Stanley Johnson, who was out of the league last year. Yeah, that, that's a very good point. Do, do you think there was a legit chance they could have got Kyrie with, with what they had available to offer? Well, no. they didn't have much to offer. It was just, it would be the point where, I think it would be, have to be the point that Kyrie forces way somehow for the Lakers to the Lakers with that trade. Because if I'm the Nets, even though, you know, during that time, it felt like Kyrie really wanted to leave, the mm-hmm. package that you get is not nearly enough as far as it doesn't matter what the cap space you're going to get with Russell Westbrook, you're not going to get anything of value with that package. All right, guys. Do you feel like the Clippers are going to try to get a third star by February? No, no, I don't think so. No, if they if they haven't done it now, I don't think they would do it now because it's we're like a month away from training camp. So we can we can revisit next offseason though for sure. (laughs) But okay, well, let's say you know by the trade deadline something's not going our way. You think they'll make a big swing? Yes, I, I think so. It's possible. Like, I tell I tell Brian like if we're like twenty, if we're like twelve and eight after twenty, yeah, there's like something something's going up. Well, like eventually there's going to be a a superstar caliber player. Okay, I don't like to use superstar. A max level player, and a max level player could just mean best player on a bad team, right? Who's unhappy with their situation enough? And we might be able to make the, the money work by trading Morris and somebody else. And we'll we still have to figure out if the norm fit works. Everyone thinks like everyone, everyone looks at the Norman situation in isolation and be like, Norm's gonna work because Norm's Norm. But we still gotta figure out if it fits on our Clippers team. <laughs> and I I think it probably will work. But I feel like to keep podcast content interesting, we have to be the podcast that's like, well, it might not. <laughs> you know, because like every if you listen to every Clippers podcast, it's like Norman Powell is going to be good. He's the third best player. John Wall is amazing or John Wall's not <laughs> um, and stuff like that. It's like we have to be I think the podcast is like, you know what? Just a heads up. What if Kawhi doesn't come back 100 percent? What if Norman Powell doesn't fit? What if Luke Kennard really is the best player in Ohio basketball history? Like, <laughs> this is the, these are the things that I feel like matter. And, oh, J- Jesse, you had a good point. I can tell. No, nah, to be fair, though, Norman Powell is the easiest one to move, right? It's a, contra- it's a friendly contract. He, he's a talented player. He's probably the easiest thing to move out of everyone. Oh, absolutely. And to yeah. be honest, like, we all look at Marcus Morris's contract and Luke Kennard's contract. But they're role players. 
Mm-hmm. Norman exactly. Powell is someone you could build around on a rebuild or add to a contending team. Like, let's just think about it. Like, if you're the Nets and you're like, all right, this Simmons thing's not working, and then you could bring in a Norman Powell on a cheaper deal. You, you consider it, right? I'm not saying that that's a deal that we would want to make, but there's plenty of teams that look at Norman Powell and be like, well, he could be our third guy, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So absolutely. It's like, it's a, it's a good and bad thing. Cause Clippers have so much roster flexibility that they can make moves and get better, but also just keep the roster. But then it's, it's always, it's an issue where there could be, too many cooks in the kitchen where you have a ton of guys that need minutes like consistent minutes throughout the course of 82 games. And I think Ty Lue will be able to manage that correctly, but there is the sense where there's, there's some guy that is going to get knocked out of the rotation for a lot, for a lot of the season. Let me ask you guys this then. Because I think this is kind of concerned, but I don't think we have a specific player in mind when, we, when this stuff comes to mind. Which player on the team do you feel like needs the rhythm the most? Needs to be playing consistently at the same rate that they're always playing in. Like they can't just pick, like they just can't pick five minutes one game and 25 the next game. Like they have to kind of play this almost the same amount of minutes, have the same role every game. Which player on, on the team do you feel like needs that the most? I'll, we'll start with you, Rob. Uh, honestly, I think I think it's Luke that needs consistent minutes considering the role that they probably will want him in mm-hmm. to be that spot-up shooter to coming off screens like that. And then also, you know, providing a little bit of, you know, playmaking a little bit. But I think with him, especially, all the other guys have had consistent minutes throughout the whole career. And so they, I think they, they kind of know how to play their game, even though if it's 30 plus minutes or it's under 20 minutes or stuff like that. But I think with how well Luke is as a shooter, mm-hmm. I think it's important for him to get consistent level minutes. It's definitely not going to be what I see on the roster last season, he was averaging like 27 minutes a game. And like, I don't think that's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I think consistent 20 plus, I think would be good for him. Jesse. I had to say it, but I just feel like Reggie's going to struggle. Reggie was going to be mine too, but I'll let you do yours first. Yeah. I just feel like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I think a lot of people have this vision that if John Wall takes the starting position, possibly putting him like in a six-man role. But it's the six-man role is a really unique role where you need players that don't have to be in rhythm to catch fire, right? And I just feel like Reggie Jackson is not that player. And he's going to struggle if he doesn't get consistent minutes, in my opinion. I felt like we tried doing that in 2019, 2020, right? Like when we got Reggie Jackson, we tried to put him in like a six-man role mm-hmm. with Lou Will. But it just didn't pan out well. Yeah. I, I do feel like if his bench role is consistent and it's defined what he's supposed to be doing on the court, I'm sure he could adapt to it. I He can adapt. It's just 
I do think he plays better when he's one of the main guys. I don't know if that, uh, I know that's like a very vague comment, but it's like when he was playing with Kawhi and Paul George and he stepped up in the Mav series, it's because he, he stepped up to be like the third best guy. He stepped up to be like the second best guy once Kawhi got hurt. And he was the main guy last year. I feel like he really takes on that role. I do think he might get passive. He might take, uh, he might, you know, pass out of good shots and then take bad shots because he's forcing it. If he's trying to f- figure out his role in a more condensed environment, what, what made Reggie Jackson so good is like, if you look at his, uh, his splits and stuff like that, it's not that great to be honest. But the thing is like, we fell in love with the heart and stuff like that. And then like it allowed him, like if he got enough volume, it, it, it would eventually work out for us. But I think he's gonna have less volume to work with this year, which might lead to uh, inefficiency. We'll see, Jake. Yeah, so I got I got a couple players. I think um, while you guys are all pretty much on point with Reggie, I think I think he's gonna be okay because mm-hmm. uh, I think he is gonna play. I think he's gonna play a substantial amount, okay. um, especially like those load managing games. You know what I'm saying? Like I think he's gonna have. A, a pretty big role next to John and Norm or whatever, but I got I got some good ones. I think Terrence, mm-hmm. um, confidence wise, I think the more reps, obviously you get, you know, the more like established you're on the court, the more comfortable you feel. And and I think like him already kind of being passive on offense and having him play spot minutes like that wouldn't be the best. Um, I don't know, just wouldn't be best for his confidence. I think he would need to see substantial minutes. But I also feel that he is going to play big minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Terrence is actually, like, in the lead probably for most minutes off the bench. And then um, Norm. Norm for me. Norm is it. Like, at $18 million, he doesn't have time to not be a microwave. You know, mm-hmm. like, I think that's what I tell fans all the time on here. It's like he has to be that microwave that everybody says he is and if he's that then cool but like if he's that that's his job Uh, yeah i think we keep coming to norm too is everyone's like well he's kind of like a two-way player to me he's not a two-way player it's we're we're asking him to be like you said a microwave on offense we just don't want him to be a like a transparent ghost uh, on defense where people are just going through him like he like like he's like at least be in the way right which i think he'll be better than that but he needs to get find his spots on the court, get to the basket, get to the. I'll admit, I'll admit, the one thing that I like about Norm the most is that he can get to the line. That's something that this Clippers team for years have struggled to do. Yeah, and no. so Norman knows how to get to the line, and I I, I love that about him. But he's got to do that, <laughs> and I think he can. But the thing is, like. If for whatever reason he comes in, he's playing okay, and then he misses five games with something, or um, he comes in and he's a little cold, or for whatever reason we can't play him in the fourth quarter because he's gassed. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying that that's who he's going to be, but that's the player we've seen so far. And I understand he had an injury, but you know, it's the most important games of the year. You can't, we need you to kind of step up, right? <laughs> yeah, I think like I think looking at you know when we look in like all of last year and we look at Terrence and and Luke and all that, 
Uh, Luke will probably be playing spot minutes. I'm kind of not worried about him because I feel like his shooting is his shooting. You know, like it'll always be there. Yeah, maybe his confidence will go down because he's not getting the minutes he once did. But if it's anything closer to the minutes that he was getting in the 2021 year, I think he'll be all right. Um, Now, Terrence, to me, like, I don't think his minutes drop off at all. If anything, two, three less. Like, I think he's going to play big minutes. I, I, I think he's just primed to be, like, that point of attack defender um, guarding the other team's best guard or maybe small forward if the forward is not that big. I think we're going to see big Terrence minutes. Not worried about Nico, Rocco. Uh, I'm not even worried about Marcus because mm-hmm. Marcus is a vet. He knows where he likes the ball, and he knows where to score. So – that leaves me Norm. If Norm can come in 12 to 14 points per game on 45 and 38, 37%, that's all I ask. Like, I don't need you to drop 18. If you're dropping 18, 20, we have a problem. Like, it's clear. You know, that means we're relying on your 20 points a game to, to win. And uh, I don't think it's necessary. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel Norm definitely needs his rhythm. And we'll see where we're at with it. But using your example, it's because if everyone's healthy, you just need 12 to 14. But if like yeah, that's Kawhi, the, yeah, if right. Kawhi sits the game out, we'll yeah, take 18 I, 20. Yeah, <laughs> like if Kawhi sits games or PG or they both sit games, yeah, of course. Like I'm gonna need uh Norm's numbers to go. Everybody's numbers gotta go up at that point. But it's like, of yeah. course, Norm is gonna be the more like relied on score. But to me, it's also like on a winning team, that's just how it goes. Your numbers go down, never up. Okay. Another one I would like to throw out there is I feel like uh, he understands his role that he might not play in the fourth quarter often, but Zoo does need like a consistent, I think, uh, starting five around him. I feel like yeah. if it gets changed too much, he sometimes feels a little out of place. Are we and all that's... on board with the most improved Zoo type like season coming? Are we all on board with that? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Rob, do you... Rob, do you think that could happen? You you put Kawhi back in there with Zoo, and I think you're gonna get an even better type of player all around. Zoo on the floor with Kawhi and Paul George. Do you think this is the year he finally averages a double double? I mean, he was close last year. He was point what point one and a half rebounds away from a mm-hmm. double double, like average. Bro is the only center on the team. He has it's to definitely possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like he's the only center we got. If this dude is not playing 25 plus or at least 27, if like, you know, spare me at 27, mm-hmm. at least 27 minutes a game. Like that's all we ask. Well, let's put it like this then. Like he will play some fourth quarters in the, in the regular season. That's I'm not, we, that's we, we, let's yeah. not, let's not pretend he won't. Yeah. But let's just say just for, I'm not very good at math, so for math's sake, that's only 36 minutes a night he can play if we're taking him out of the whole fourth. So out of the 36 minutes, if he plays 27, that's 27 minutes through three quarters. That's that's a lot of time to play. That is a lot. That's a lot. Of, that's Bro, that's like almost 10 minutes a quarter. Yeah. That's like nine and a half quarters a quarter. It's, a, it's basically impossible. <laughs> That's basically so, impossible, bro. So he's not gonna he's not gonna do that. But like, I do think he's gonna play like the first eight minutes of every game, and then we need to figure out like 
is are we cool with Moses Brown coming in at that point? Are we just gonna go small right off the right right after and go with Rocco? Like, what do you what do you guys think? Let's, or do you just really feel like we do need to go out there and get a better center to back up this team? Uh, Jesse, um, you know, right now I haven't seen the product on the on the floor, so it's a little bit difficult to make that decision whether or not we go out there fish for a center but um honestly i'm kind of curious about how moses brown pans out honestly he's a lengthy guy honestly we don't need us we, we don't play through the five so we don't need this guy to be offensively talented i just need this guy to be able to put up his arms get in the way of the rim and just be defensive efficient increase our de- defensive efficiency you know when zoo's off the court we're not asking for much we're just like, asking for competent minutes, pretty but much. I, I, and I think be, Moses Brown could do that. Are you going to be sad, though, if he's not on top of the key, uh, you know, studying up the offense like everyone <laughs> wanted tell, our <laughs> backup center? <laughs> Brian, let me tell you this, bro. This, like, if Moses Brown is making or breaking this, like, <laughs> like we're talking about Moses Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the, the, t- the maybe 8 to 12 minutes he'll play in a game, maybe even less. I'm like, I'm literally like giving him that leeway, right? Like eight to 12 minutes. The dude is still like what, 22, 23? Mm-hmm. Really he's young. Be 23. He's going to be 23. He hasn't even really been on an NBA roster, been moved around a couple of times already. To me, it's like, would love to see the kid get a chance. If he plays, awesome, dope. And it is what it is like eight minutes a game, whatever, 12 minutes. Like it don't matter. It don't matter if you got Moose out there. Like mm-hmm. this is it, you know. These it's up to Kawhi, P, like everybody else. Right? I don't like, know. I, I get flashbacks from DeAndre Aiden just fucking destroying us when Zoo went down. So me too. I, that's why I, I feel like I we feel need you. a backup center that's decent enough to just keep up with traditional centers. That's it. But let me you get know? you right here, Jesse. Let me get you right here. Luca yeah. just cooked the same Suns <laughs> without a center. Without a center. I mean, really, he had no. He had Maxi Cleaver, right? And yeah. Dwight Powell. And that was it. That was yeah. it. And they were putting Dwight Powell on this man. I mean, to me, it's like, bro, at this point, our only trouble when it comes to a center is Jokic and Embiid if we see him, right? But, like, Jokic would be the guy that would be like, dang, if we see him in a second or third round, um, we don't got anybody just, for him. Just, but just, no, hope but, for, just hope for the best. Bro, but, like, <laughs> my thing is, like, Jokic is cooking anybody. It don't matter. Like That's he's good, cooking, man. whether, whether he cooks us or he cooks the Lakers or the Maverick, it don't matter. He's cooking everyone. So I would like to say that we don't see Jake's face, but all you just see is head tilting. You could just see his forehead go up and down. His, his, like, for, his, for, his forehead's hot right now. <laughs> I, I'm just saying like, you know, if we really look at it, Jokic is cooking everybody and beat is cooking everybody. There's nobody in the league that can stop them. But we have the like the advantage in the other positions. So if we can't get it down like on that end, it don't matter who we get as the backup. We're cooked no matter what. Yeah, that's a good I, point. I what, agree with that. what Jake told me a long time ago when we were because the John Wall Isaiah Harnstein thing was like a debate in Clipperland for like a month straight. And Jake just straight up one time. I want to say he whispered to me, but he didn't whisper <laughs> to me. But I think whispering would have made it more dramatic, you know. He says. If we lose a championship because we didn't have Isaiah Hernstein, there was bigger issues on this team. <laughs> yeah, we got two two forty million dollar dudes, a guy at eighteen, like two guys at sixteen, like a bunch of guys at ten, 
and we're gonna blame like Zoo's only getting what eleven or ten? Uh, like eleven now. Sign, right? He signed an extension, right? Yeah, I think yeah. it's like eleven. I think it's eleven. So anybody that we're bringing down, other than that, is gonna be in the minimum range. So if that minimum player is is the reason why we get cooked, then then we never had a chance. It yeah. don't matter who you bring. Go bring Hassan Whiteside. Go bring Demarcus. Go bring Moses. Go bring bring them on. If it don't matter. Uh, Rob. Yeah, I mean, similar with what Jake said. This the second the backup center position was mostly for insurance. He was what the last person signed to a training camp invite almost one of the last few. Mm-hmm. And he turned out to be, you know, a pretty serviceable backup. There were some, some games where he showed a lot more offensively than Zubak, but then at the same time, his, it's always his issue about fouling too much or being overzealous on defense and like a bunch of other stuff that is why he's not a starting center in the league though he's going to get paid like one on the Knicks. So we'll see how that's going to turn out. Mm. But with Moses Brown, I've always said, I've always thought if you kind of need someone on the back, the end of your bench, you could possibly go with the veteran who's going to cost not that much, or you could go and take a chance on a young guy and it's possibly he'll turn out and give you some quality minutes and hopefully if Moses Brown gets a chance to play, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes a game and he doesn't suck. I mean, that's pretty much a win as far mm-hmm. as the backup center, because we already have Covington who can play small ball center, Batum, he can play small ball center. Then if you throw PG and Kawhi down, throw down the, the depth chart, they can play small ball, but I, there were there are going to be some instances where you are going to need another big to throw out there to give guys like Zeus some rest. But overall, our season should not hold or should rest on the shoulders of Moses Brown because the shoulders are very slight. <laughs> can I can I kind of figure off this real figure off this real quick? Did I guess we need to like I need to do my own homework because I need to figure out how much of the small ball lineup that we see, you know, during the actual regular season. Cause I'm curious as to like, do we want to see like, does Ty want to show all his offensive schemes that he has for the small ball lineup before the playoffs? You know what, Jesse, I think it don't matter anymore. Cause they've seen it already. Yeah. Like all the teams have seen it. They're like, I, right, we know what they're going to do. They got all these wings. It's ready to go. Like, like they going to run it. But okay. I, I do think, but I do think they're going to play a, a, a second center. Like, bro, I'm talking about a backup <laughs> minimum center here. You know what I'm saying? Like, go look at the 76ers roster. <laughs> go look at the Sixers roster. Like, they got Millsap and Daniel House, P.J. Tucker. And then, like, their backup center is legit, like, a nobody. And I don't even want to be rude like that. I really don't know who it is. If it's not Paul Reed, it's Charles Bassey. It's one of them, too. So, it's like... For some people, they're going to be like, who the hell is Paul Reed? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's literally that. It's like what they lack in the wings and stuff, we have in the wings, and they don't have a backup center either, and they don't got the wings either. So it's like, it's a center, yeah. a backup center. Yeah. 
Uh, it was kind of funny because you got like really intense with your yeah, point, yeah. and then yeah, your yeah, head moved forward, weird. and then all of a sudden it was just like it was just like your headset on the uh, on bro, the on the camera. Bro, the the Nuggets let go of Demarcus Cousins. Their first signing in free agency was DeAndre Jordan, mm-hmm. because he's a backup center, and they were just like, bro, it don't matter who. Like, who <laughs> it don't matter. Got, <laughs> like, do you think that's how it we, went down in the front office? <laughs> Yeah, yo, man. Like, should we get the under? Like, yeah, it doesn't like, matter. Sure. <laughs> the GM sent an email Mike saying, Malone it don't coach, Mike Malone coached, bro. Mike Malone coached Demarcus Cousins and legit, like, like legit his prime, prime in Sacramento, and had him play big minutes last season, and still, they sat at that table and went, huh, "Let's go, DeAndre Jordan first. I, I I feel like Mike Malone went to the GM and said, "Hey, we need a center, and then and we need a backup center." And he's like, "Oh, well, uh, who who do you have in mind?" And then Mike Malone sent an email back saying, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> <laughs> and then they got give, the me, give me ten, give me ten minutes. I mean, <laughs> really, like, yeah. like when we play Golden State in the in the in like the second or third round or wherever we meet them, they're not going to play a center. And, and that's a very good point because. Every time we have this discussion about like backup centers, if we end up playing a team, like everyone's worried if we play Denver, if we end up playing the Sixers in the finals or something like that, or God forbid we have to play an Anthony Davis or something like that. But there is teams that we might have to, or, you know, Minnesota, but there are teams like Golden State where we're like, their center is what, Draymond? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, or. We go to Memphis, and their center is what Triple J. They'll go Triple J. They'll go Stephen Adams, but they sat Stephen Adams in the yeah. playoffs, so it doesn't like, even matter. That's what I mean. Like it's gonna probably be like so. Like every team goes slightly smaller, unless you're paying your big guy a lot of money. And so, yeah. Like you said, Brian, this podcast is the podcast that's like, well, what if this is not like, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's like, oh, maybe we should sign Hassan. Oh, let's give Dwight a shot. Oh, let's give Demarcus back. Oh, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, bro, it don't matter who we get because at the end of the day, when the playoffs lock in and the Mavericks are out there playing with Cleve at the five or Christian Wood at the five, the Warriors out there got Demarcus. The only one to worry about is Jokic. <laughs> but it don't matter because Jokic is going to cook you no matter what. It's about the other guys on the team. Yeah. Uh, you were laughing, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> I was just laughing what you did. You're like, yeah. Like, you're so disappointed in this conversation. Like, we, were, you just didn't, you didn't expect it to go this way. Yeah. I, listen, I, I agree. I, it, I, I understand. I I'm with Jake 100%. But I don't know. Clippers luck, someone always goes down, and for some reason, I feel like it's gonna be Zoo, and we're gonna be. F- you know that. You know that. It's funny. It's funny, Jesse, because like it would be right. Like we're deep, we're deep at every position, and then all of a sudden, the Zoo, deepest team in the league, right? The deepest, the deepest team in the league, like we're, except we, for one position, except center, and of course, God forbid, Lord knows, Zoo goes down, and all of a sudden. We got Marcus Morris at the five, and we're we're signing. And then our backup is like, God knows whoever it is, because at that point, everybody's taken up. 
Like, hey, Mar- Marcus, we're gonna need you to box out Jokic. He's like, yeah, you must be tripping. I ain't. I'm not going anywhere. Did you anywhere. see? Did you see what happened to my brother? I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it can just get that bad that easy, and that's like the trash part. But like, even then, if Zoo were to go down, yeah, to, to me, it's like. They gotta overcome it. There's but, well, well, what's the upgrade in the league if Zoo went down? You know what I mean? No, like, no, yeah, yeah, exactly. What I'm trying to say is, you, you just can't prepare for these things. But I'm just no. saying, it's just I. Nor in our luck, something bad's gonna happen to Zoo. I hope not. Please, God, don't. <laughs> you, you, you're the one to put in the universe, and the universe <laughs> just even, went down to grab that, that right now. I didn't even think of that. I just, like, I just did it for content. What would I do? <laughs> 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 like, Lord knows, I know Anthony Davis is like generational great player, and even him, you can go small on. Yeah, which is like you know, yeah. it's literally like that. It's like you can literally go small on AD. I've seen See? teams go small on on Embiid. Like I don't know, it's t- like you know what I'm saying. We went small on him last year with Nico, and we did, we did we fine. Did. We did fine. I, I I don't know what to say. Uh, I think you can go yeah, small. Can you <laughs> can you count on just one hand? Like what centers you would need to have a backup yeah. center? Jokic. There's not that many. That's Jokic. it. Yeah, that's that's, that's really. Jokic. And then Embiid, I'll give like I'm gonna give the slight to Embiid. Like he could get it. Like oh whoa, he, he can like you know get 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 a shot at it. But like maybe Aiton, but they don't even play through Aiton. No, he but, likes to they, take. He likes to take mid-range guards. So it's like it don't. Well, the the best thing so, you could, the best thing you could do against is Denver is. too is uh, play like a seven game series where Jokic has to play all forty eight minutes every game. Like you got to put Denver in that situation where they have to keep him on the court, make him score fifty points every game. <laughs> so on my Zoom right now, <laughs> uh, it kind of like uh, Jake's Zoom kind of went like a little glitchy, and then he was there one minute, and then he just disappeared like he was a ghost. <laughs> This is the Ghost Hunters episode. Uh, <laughs> he goes Halloween's around the corner, dude. It's the, um, it's the Clipper curse invading this podcast right now. Yeah, they know what's up. This you called him. Like, yeah, you called him, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. <laughs> invited him on the pod. Uh, th- welcome to the pod. Uh, <laughs> uh, so before we head out, uh, also a thing that's kind of related to the center situation because of, you know, someone took our MLE money. Do you think John Wall is going to disrupt not the team, but like the rotations on the team? Like, is everyone going to get like less minutes and it's just going to disrupt everything? And we just have a guy out there playing point guard because he's Paul George's friend. Uh, let's start with Jake. <laughs> nah, it's not, it's not going to disrupt anything. I, and I say that with like the most confidence of all these guys that have been on this team, as far as like the older guys, they're all in it for one purpose already. They know what's up. Like, especially P and Kawhi, they know what's up. Roko knows, Nico knows, Marcus knows. They all know what time it is. Even Terrence knows being an older, like, you know, early career kind of guy. He's already like 26. He knows what time it is. And Luke knows what time it is because he sees the leaders above him that know what time it is. Same with Reggie. Like it's time. I think I think it's gonna fit seamlessly, and I think that he's gonna start too. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning more towards. I at the beginning of the summer I thought Reggie was gonna start, but I'm actually leaning toward John Wall might be starting. Love Reggie, like I love him so much, and it, it honestly don't matter to me who starts out of them too because I love them both. But uh, John is starting. I think technically, if you want to make the real case, John Wall's still making forty million dollars, like legit. <laughs> 
you know, like Houston is still paying him. <laughs> like, I, he, I don't, I don't know. I, I think he's going to play really well, but I think it's going to be under the context of what we need and not who John Wall is as a player, if that makes I sense. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. Like, everyone's like, oh, is he going to be the third best player or whatever? I, I honestly think he'll probably stat line wise look like our fifth or sixth best player but from the eye test it's gonna look like he's our third or fourth best player we had eric bledsoe at 20 million dollars and people were like oh bledsoe it's all good and now it's like we have john wall at six and everybody's like i don't know about this one (laughs) 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 i don't know man before we even got bledsoe on the like before we even moved them we didn't know we were gonna move them we just knew we were gonna keep them for the year and then we'll see after that because it was non-guaranteed and so now that like we have John at six, it's kind of like oh, it's it's weird too because everyone's like, well, he's just he's just like you know slightly better Bledsoe. I'm like, yeah, but Bledsoe was making eighteen million dollars for us last year, and, and John <laughs> was saying, making six. I'm like, I'm like, bro, like, I'm John Wall. I'm here with open arms, you know, like deliver me. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and if you getting you slightly, like your French if you're getting slightly better Bledsoe, that's still better. That's still that's a better, better player on your team. That's that's better. Like I'm good. It's six million dollars. If, yeah. I, if I show you the number of people that make $6 million around the league, they go, like, Caleb Martin makes, like, nine. I, I'm mm-hmm. even going to go into further. Like, you know? Yeah, and I think he's a good player, too. All right. Well, that was the LA Clips for him. I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I'll admit it was a little disorganized this time around, but I think it was fine. Yeah, I think we had a good time. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LA Clips for him. You can find our podcast where you find your podcast. Um, we appreciate actually we've had people rate our podcasts before I, I we've been saying it for a while just see like hey you know rate our podcast or whatever and people just didn't do it and then all of a sudden like i checked the other day and people have been rating the podcast oh really you gotta check I love that. Now. five uh, stars baby yeah we're like in the four range you know some people probably <laughs> don't like our normal politics uh, uh jake Yo. I, know, I know you have drops coming and you've had drops yeah, already yeah. dropped. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. To everybody that's like in the email right now, yes, like it's Labor Day. I'm kind of taking the day off. But yes, we are shipping right now all the baseball stuff. So yes, thank you. And then Clippers drop on media day. It's super fire. I can't wait to get it out. It's probably the most fire Clipper stuff you'll ever see ever. So yeah. yeah Jake's massive drops coming. Big <laughs> massive drops. I love that. Uh, Rob, what you got going on? Uh, just just with you guys, you know, it's the the dog days of the summer right now. You know, mm-hmm. with uh, basketball coming up soon, but also we got baseball with the Rock to October, so that's two. But you guys can follow me at the Amagata Thirty Two for all those funny gifts and memes. But I also got my podcast at Rob Say Sports. On Twitter, Instagram, and you can find it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, anywhere where you get your podcasts. All right. Speaking of Labor Day, uh, I think everyone needs to take a moment to uh, think about the Lakers team doctor who's going to have to work his ass off this year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We appreciate everyone uh, uh, listening to the jingle at the beginning and staying for the rest of the pod. And I appreciate that everyone could be doing anything with their time but they're spinning it with us. Uh, we are all in the same division in our fancy football league, so we're supposed to hate each other because we're supposed to build rivalries. That was the whole point of making divisions. So, you know, I hate you guys. 
Uh, on that note, <laughs> thank you, Trent, for the outro. <laughs> and we're out. It's going down. Later. <laughs> thank you for joining Brian Andrew and Jesse Sandoval for this episode of LA Clips Forum. For all the over and backs, loose balls, clear paths, and tip-ins. Catch LA Clips Forum every week. The podcast for fans, by fans. Clipper Nation, we'll catch you on the rebound. Oh yeah.